Greetings and salutations, listener! And welcome to another edition of the Coco and Dults Podcast, where real people doing real reviews. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dalt. And Coco is giving me the fart smelly face. Why is that, Coco? I think listener just turned off after your intro. No, I think we gathered more listeners. I think somebody clicked on it and was like, who's this interesting fella? And what is he talking about today? What is he talking about today? Oh, that's what I'm supposed to say to you. What are we talking about today, Coco? Today we are talking about the brand new Netflix original documentary, Why Did You Kill Me? Mm. (laughs) Okay. So this is an 83-minute documentary, not a docu-series, mm-hmm, about, <laughs> about Crystal Theobald. She was a 24-year-old mother of two who was murdered in a basically a drive-by in Riverside, California in, I believe, 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, and her family, I guess, I don't know if they didn't trust the cops or they didn't think the cops were pursuing the right lines of inquiry and they decided to take matters into their own hands and they created a fake myspace account for crystal because this is 2006 so Mm -hmm. myspace is actually a thing Mm -hmm. and dummied up photos of her and uh started Friending all the gang members in the area mm-hmm. to try to figure the out. The 5150. Yeah, it was the 5150 gang, which is also the uh, involuntary psychiatric hold in California that Britney Spears was placed on back in the day. Wait, speaking what? of like the early 2000s. Wow. Yeah, that's the code for the involuntary psychiatric hold. Wow. Yeah, she was on a 5150 hold. Wow. Anyways, so they started chatting with a lot, a lot of gang members on MySpace and they found somebody who seemed to be driving the car. Mm-hmm. And one thing leads to another and there is resolution at the end of this documentary which Dalt is extremely happy about yes actually very happy about that <laughs> so uh do you have anything else to add to my summary there Dalt? no actually it was pretty good I- i'd like to uh just comment on one thing that you said that uh i found completely unbelievable is that gang members were on myspace <laughs> So <laughs> maybe they, I don't, I don't know how street that is to be on MySpace. <laughs> I was never on MySpace. I was probably about 10 years too old uh, to have MySpace, mm-hmm. but was it like Facebook? Could they have like a private group, like a private, like 5150 <laughs> group where they would, you know, like talk, you know, trash about like, Hey, we're going to go shoot up the McDonald's tonight or right. whatever. Like, we're going to go knock over the Seven Eleven. Right. Here's the address. Put it into your phone. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> I just that just astounded me. I was like these, and they're all talking street and tough and everything like that back and forth. They had recreations in this documentary, yeah, about how things went. And actually, it was really well done. The way they recreated the MySpace page. If you were alive in two thousand six, like I just said that I wasn't on MySpace, but they did a really good job of recreating yeah. the two thousand six like Windows XP aesthetic. Right. And like somebody had like an AOL Instant Messenger window up in the background yeah. of the desktop. Like it was, and they had when gray. when they were on the MySpace page and somebody's uh they went to somebody's uh, profile page it took a while for their photo to load right like they were on a slow you know like <laughs> right. on a totally. their download was like really a dial slow. up mode. yeah like a dial up like <laughs> they they recreated it was really good yeah um what so what did you think coco what do you think of this oh, documentary I, I did the summary so you get to go first oh okay well uh i thought it was really well done wow i i really liked it That's i not what i thought you were gonna say oh really right I uh, 
I did like it. I so I like documentaries generally. Mm-hmm. Um, this was not something that I knew anything about. I didn't know about this case until you were talking about it one day when we were walking the dog and you say, "Hey, I heard about this thing." I was like, "Oh yeah, that sounds good." And then the next thing you know, we're watching it, and it was good. It was uh, the characters there were very interesting. The mother who was trying to entrap the um, so-called murderer or the accused murderer, um, she was uh, totes cray, uh, uh, like <laughs> yeah. colorful. Um, the family was colorful. They were they were in trouble with the law a lot. Uh, it was a family of nerdy wells, let's just say. Um, and some of the other people they had in there, they had some of the gang members from the other side of things. And it was really well done in terms of balance and in terms of uh, the recreations. I know I talk a lot about how things are recreated on these documentaries and docu-series where you don't have footage and you weren't there to see it. You have to somehow uh, recreate it or animate it. And the way they did it in this particular documentary was they had like a little toy car set and a street model with the cars and they recreated it that way. Mm-hmm. And I thought it worked okay. I mean, the the danger with these kinds of things when you're dealing with such a serious matter as somebody being killed in a, in a you know, in a sort of a gang murder situation is you're, you risk trivializing it or you risk... Um, cartoonizing it mm-hmm. and making it like a you know like a claymation you know like right and i think that they they walked a fine line here on this and i think they did a they did a very good job um and overall i thought i thought it was really well done it, it wasn't very long which is good um and there was as coco mentioned there was resolution there which i'm always a big fan of i don't want any more unsolved murders uh, mysteries because i just it drives me crazy it's like <laughs> well did they look here how about that and where oh why not and, you know so I was glad that they got to the end and, and we found out what happened and there was some type that described what happened. And we don't want to give too much of it away because it's such a short documentary. You could probably just go watch it yourself and figure out what happened. Um, but Yeah, 83 minutes. I mean, that, including the closing credits. Right. So that's, you can get through that really fast. Exactly. So uh, I yacked on and on. What did you think, Coco? <laughs> yeah, I I liked it too. I don't think I liked it as much as you did. Oh, like yeah? the the toy cars, I'm kind of torn on. Mm-hmm. Like on the one hand, it's better than like we've seen some documentaries where they've done like animation yeah. and stuff. And I think it was better than the animation, but I'm like yeah, I don't know. I mean, could you not have used real cars or maybe mm-hmm. not done it at all? But then at the same time, you had to know where the positioning of the car was. Yeah. So I was kind of torn on that. Um, I did enjoy... They, there wasn't a voiceover. There wasn't a narrator, mm-hmm. which I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, they had extensive interviews with the detective who worked the case. Like Dalt said, uh, Crystal's mother, uh, she was... She was definitely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. She like, was the driving force behind this in a lot yeah. of ways. Like, she was the lead character. Yeah, she, I think, was... So, Crystal's younger cousin mm-hmm. was the one who came up with, like, hey, what if I create a fake MySpace account and I try to talk to all these gang members? And her mom Who was, happened to be on Who MySpace. happened to be on MySpace. Yeah. And Crystal's mom is like, oh, why don't I do it? You know, but, I mean, she's not young so she was just like the internet what's that so so the cousin was like no just let me do it especially you know? in 2006 right. yeah the 14 year old cousin is like no seriously yeah, I, I can do this i can do this i got yeah. it yeah but then it took a toll on the cousin after a while because right. she's pretending to be her dead cousin mm-hmm. and it was just too heavy for her so she turned the password over to crystal's mom and then crystal's mom is like just 
off the rails. She is causing all sorts of trouble. <laughs> like she's making like cars were getting shot up because she was goading people on Facebook. And uh, yeah, I'm surprised. She's setting people up and framing them yeah, and stuff like and that. I was like, su- how about you go shoot this guy? No, he says you're a jerk. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. Well, here, this is where he's located. This is where he lives. Like, I'm really surprised that the cop did not have harsher words for her about right. that because that could have really jeopardized a lot of the investigation. Yeah, exactly. So I can under, like, I was just, she was talking about what she was doing and my head was exploding. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. What? Well, and plus the cop had said originally too, he said the first part of the plan, he said was actually a really good way of doing it was uh-huh. to entice these gang members out onto MySpace and get them to interact and figure out mm-hmm. where they are. and Earn what their kind trust. Of, yeah, earn their trust. And he said that was actually quite good. He said he wished he had thought of it and then he could have mm-hmm. you know, pursued it probably in a more stringent manner. But right. then when she gets involved, the mom gets involved and she's just totes cray and is causing like gang warfare in, right. in California. So yeah, it was just, it was nuts. Yeah. So I, I did enjoy the extensive interviews with the cop and mm-hmm. the mom. Um, like Dalt said, they did have uh, at least one former gang member who was there, mm-hmm. not involved, allegedly. Um, he, he was... He was interviewed and he was in like a fedora and glasses and, mm-hmm. you know, he might have had a fake nose or something going on too. Like he was definitely trying not to be, he was trying to be as low key as possible. Mm-hmm. So I liked all the interviews. I like, and the cousin as well, um, who pretended to be Crystal originally. Like my heart broke for her because yeah. yeah. you could, I mean, that's a lot to put on a 14 year old girl. Right. Like this probably illegal like computer investigation into a murder that mm-hmm. you know i mean she's 14 she's a, like a freshman in high school and she's coming home from school at three in the afternoon and then she's pretending to be her dead cousin until one o'clock in the morning right trying to draw these guys out to get information so for days and weeks on end right yeah so i felt uh i felt really bad for the cousin but yeah mm-hmm. i mean it was it's 83 minutes it's it did drag a little bit. Like there were definitely times when I started to nod off a little bit. But that's probably, did you really? But well, that's probably because I've been up since five thirty this morning, oh. and it's now nine o'clock at night, and I'm old, so I need my sleep. Well, I thought that was maybe just because you're sitting beside me on the couch. That's usually what happens. <laughs> you're so boring. <laughs> <laughs> but I was actually I hadn't heard of this case until mm-hmm. I heard about the documentary, which is surprising because. This seems like it could have been sort of a groundbreaking case. You'd think, yeah. So I don't know if maybe it's just because I missed the press around it. And Mm -hmm. this actually was a thing that was talked about at the time that it was going on or or what. But I'm surprised that this didn't get press that I heard of anyway. Yeah. And the the thing that was heartbreaking to me about this is that they all of a sudden, about three quarters of the way through it, maybe a little bit more, they turned to the alleged shooter. And they talk about his background and they talk about his family and they talk about him being taken away from uh, them and everything like that. And that was a twist that I didn't see coming because it was very much presented from the dead girl's perspective and her family and everything like that. And, you know, she's the victim here. So that's, that's, you know, we should say that right off the top and be clear about that. But I thought that it was interesting that they presented that other side to here's how this kid got down this wrong path and his, and his parenting uh, experience was not like his parents his mom was not great apparently as the same with this dead girl her parents weren't really all that great right. either so it just was heartbreaking on both sides of the is like both of both of these kids didn't really stand a chance and 
Yeah, the interview with his sister was was also heartbreaking Mm -hmm. because she was describing we didn't have any food. So I was picking stuff up off the floor and eating it because I was so hungry. Like, that's so horrible to hear. And also, the kid was in charge. The kid who was was actually charged with the murder, he was in charge of this family and he was in charge of raising these, you know, his siblings. And he was too young to even know better. And so he's the one going out trying to get food for them Mm -hmm. and trying to help them survive. And it's just so heartbreaking. And... The murder also was just, it, it's so horrible because it it was just a lot of mistaken assumptions Mm -hmm. on both sides. Mm -hmm. Like the car that the guy was in who did the shooting, they thought that somebody else, like they were looking for gang members. Mm -hmm. And then the car that the murder victim's brother was in. He he wasn't a gang member, but he thought that these were people like in the neighborhood to rob people or something, and they were looking for trouble. And he just wanted to get out of there. And he just wanted to get out of there. And so then he speeds by them, and he almost hits their car. And now they're thinking he's a gang member. So now they're chasing each other. And then, unfortunately, the murder victim pulls up at the wrong place at the wrong time, and somebody jumps out and starts shooting. And thinking that was the gang, the gang members, members that they had been looking for earlier. Right. And, and had come in, uh, in sort of rescue the first mistaken car. Right. So yeah, it was just a tragedy yeah. all around. Yes. Yeah, it was really sad. And, and I guess, you know, again, we don't like to be entertained by tragedy, right. obviously, but I thought that the way this documentary was presented was really well done. And that's why I, that was one of the reasons I think that I like it more than you did is that it was surprising to me. And usually you're, you're going with this one, okay, here's a horrible murder and we're going to investigate it. And then we get to the end and it sort of progresses the way you think it does. But this reminded me of some of the other documentaries that we've watched where there were some surprises along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's to me, like truth is always more interesting than fiction. And uh, I think that that is why I like this more is because um, there were a lot of interesting twists and turns here and the humanity was the yeah. most compelling thing about this entire docu- documentary. Yeah, I watched a movie this afternoon um, that was actually about uh, prostitution. And, <laughs> and Where are you going with this? And some and the madam like wrote a book and was being interviewed and somebody said you've presented like quite the like case of human suffering in this book and I'm like, yeah, this is that's this documentary as well. Mm-hmm. This is a case across the board. Every single person this is a case of human suffering. Yeah, tragedy in a lot of ways. Yeah. And but I'm also glad that it's not a docu-series. Me too. Yeah. I think 83 minutes was pretty much perfect. Yeah, I think this was fine. I, I think uh, I didn't think the same as you thought it was a little padded. I thought it was I thought the pacing was pretty good. Um, but I don't think it could have been longer. No, I, I don't think uh, we needed any more than we got. No, we don't need the Irishman about MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us Coco, out of 26 letters. <laughs> what do you give this? I'd give it like a B. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, it's a B, maybe a B minus, but I'd give it a B. That's more than I thought you were going to give it. You were thinking I was going to go for like a C minus or something, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I would give it probably a seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I like the brevity of it. I mm-hmm. like the human uh, feel to it, the you know, human factor and, uh, and the surprises and twists. So, yeah, a worthwhile uh, binge for sure. Not even a binge, just watch it. Yeah, definitely. You maybe can. when you're like, you know standing in line at the vaccination clinic you could watch it on your phone (laughs) yeah totally just please put in your earbuds 
Like, right. don't subject everybody else to, Yes. <laughs> why did you kill me? Oh, man. Or anything else you happen to be watching. Yeah, no like, We don't want to watch that. We don't want to hear your personal conversations. No, I don't want to be on the treadmill when the gym reopens, listening to the guy next to me, having a conversation on his phone that he should not be having on the treadmill. So, listener, just when you thought we all we did was movie reviews, we also do etiquette. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of uh, Miss Manners, who are we? Oh man, <laughs> I, I don't even know where to go with that. We're gonna come up with a flashy name for Mister and Mrs. Don't do that. <laughs> no, see, that's not very catchy. No, that's not. We'll come up with a catchier name for next time, and we'll let you know, listener. <laughs> if you have any suggestions, listener, let us know. Let us know if you have any etiquette questions. <laughs> Let us know as well. I'd really love to see Coco and Dolls answering etiquette questions. That'd be great. That's actually the premium version of this podcast. (laughs) You've got to donate to our Patreon for... (laughs) Value added. (laughs) Right, for access to our etiquette answers. Why does my brother always pick his nose? Well, I'll tell you. Anyway. You can only control your response. You can't control somebody else's actions. Oh, and that's good philosophy for life in general, actually. That's one of my takeaways from many years of therapy. All right, so uh, for another edition of the podcast, Thanks for joining us, listener. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dalt.